Chapter Twelve of Barchester Towers by Anthony Trollope. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Nick Whitley, Purley, United Kingdom. Chapter Twelve: Slope versus Harding. Two or three days after the party, Mister Harding received a note begging him to call on Mister Slope at the palace at an early hour on the following morning there was nothing uncivil in the communication and yet the tone of it was thoroughly displeasing it was as follows my dear mr harding will you favour me by calling on me at the palace to-morrow morning at nine-thirty a m the bishop wishes me to speak to you touching the hospital i hope you will excuse my naming so early an hour i do so as my time is greatly occupied if however it is positively inconvenient to you i will change it to ten you will perhaps be kind enough to let me have a note in reply believe me to be my dear mr harding your assured friend o b h slope the palace monday morning twentieth of august eighteen fifty hum mr harding neither could nor would believe anything of the sort and he thought moreover that mr slope was rather impertinent to call himself by such a name his assured friend indeed how many assured friends generally fall to the lot of a man in this world and by what process are they made and how much of such process had taken place as yet between mr harding and mr slope mr harding could not help asking himself these questions as he read and re-read the note before him he answered it however as follows dear sir i will call at the palace to-morrow at nine thirty a m as you desire truly yours s harding high street barchester monday and on the following morning punctually at half-past nine he knocked at the palace door and asked for mr slope the bishop had one small room allotted to him on the ground floor and mr slope had another into this latter mr harding was shown and asked to sit down mr slope was not yet there the ex-warden stood up at the window looking into the garden and could not help thinking how very short a time had passed since the whole of that house had been open to him as though he had been a child of the family born and bred in it he remembered how the old servants used to smile as they opened the door to him how the familiar butler would say when he had been absent a few hours longer than usual a sight of you mr harding is good for sore eyes how the fussy housekeeper would swear that he couldn't have dined or couldn't have breakfasted or couldn't have lunched and then above all he remembered the pleasant gleam of inward satisfaction which always spread itself over the old bishop's face 
whenever his friend entered his room a tear came into each eye as he reflected that all this was gone what use would the hospital be to him now he was alone in the world and getting old he would soon very soon have to go and leave it all as his dear old friend had gone go and leave the hospital and his accustomed place in the cathedral and his haunts and pleasures to younger and perhaps wiser men that chanting of his perhaps in truth the time for it was gone by he felt as though the world were sinking from his feet as though this this was the time for him to turn with confidence to those hopes which he had preached with confidence to others what said he to himself can a man's religion be worth if it does not support him against the natural melancholy of declining years and as he looked out through his dimmed eyes into the bright parterres of the bishop's garden he felt that he had the support which he wanted nevertheless he did not like to be thus kept waiting if mr slope did not really wish to see him at half-past nine o'clock why force him to come away from his lodgings with his breakfast in his throat to tell the truth it was policy on the part of mr slope mr slope had made up his mind that mr harding should either accept the hospital with abject submission or else refuse it altogether and had calculated that he would probably be more quick to do the latter if he could be got to enter upon the subject in an ill humour perhaps mr slope was not altogether wrong in his calculation it was nearly ten when mr slope hurried into the room and muttering something about the bishop and diocesan duties shook mr harding's hand ruthlessly and begged him to be seated now the air of superiority which this man assumed did go against the grain with mr harding and yet he did not know how to resent it the whole tendency of his mind and disposition was opposed to any contra-assumption of grandeur on his own part and he hadn't the worldly spirit or quickness necessary to put down insolent pretensions by downright and open rebuke as the archdeacon would have done there was nothing for mr harding but to submit and he accordingly did so about the hospital mr harding began mr slope speaking of it as the head of a college at cambridge might speak of some sizership which had to be disposed of mr harding crossed one leg over another and then one hand over the other on the top of them and looked mr slope in the face but he said nothing it's to be filled up again said mr slope mr harding said that he had understood so of course you know the income will be very much reduced 
continued mr slope the bishop wished to be liberal and he therefore told the government that he thought it ought to be put at not less than four hundred and fifty pounds i think on the whole the bishop was right for though the services required will not be of a very onerous nature they will be more so than they were before and it is perhaps well that the clergy immediately attached to the cathedral town should be made as comfortable as the extent of the ecclesiastical means at our disposal will allow those are the bishop's ideas and i must say mine also mr harding sat rubbing one hand on the other but said not a word so much for the income mr harding the house will of course remain to the warden as before it should however i think be stipulated that he should paint inside every seven years and outside every three years and be subject to dilapidations in the event of vacating either by death or otherwise but this is a matter on which the bishop must yet be consulted mr harding still rubbed his hands and still sat silent gazing up into mr slope's unprepossessing face then as to the duties continued he i believe if i am rightly informed there can hardly be said to have been any duties hitherto <laughs> and he gave a sort of half laugh as though to pass off the accusation in the guise of a pleasantry mr harding thought of the happy easy years he had passed in his old home of the worn-out aged men whom he had succoured of his good intentions and of his work which had certainly been of the lightest he thought of these things doubting for a moment whether he did or did not deserve the sarcasm he gave his enemy the benefit of the doubt and did not rebuke him he merely observed very tranquilly and perhaps with too much humility that the duties of the situation such as they were had he believed been done to the satisfaction of the late bishop mr slope again smiled and this time the smile was intended to operate against the memory of the late bishop rather than against the energy of the ex-warden so it was understood by mr harding the colour rose to his cheeks and he began to feel very angry you must be aware mr harding that things are a good deal changed in barchester said mr slope mr harding said that he was aware of it and not only in barchester mr harding but in the world at large it is not only in barchester that a new man is carrying out new measures and casting away the useless rubbish of past centuries 
the same thing is going on throughout the country work is now required from every man who receives wages and they who have to superintend the doing of work and the paying of wages are bound to see that this rule is carried out new men mr harding are now needed and are now forthcoming in the church as well as in other professions all this was wormwood to our old friend he had never rated very high his own abilities or activity but all the feelings of his heart were with the old clergy and any antipathies of which his heart was susceptible were directed against those new busy uncharitable self-lording men of whom mr slope was so good an example perhaps said he the bishop will prefer a new man at the hospital by no means said mr slope the bishop is very anxious that you should accept the appointment but he wishes you should understand beforehand what will be the required duties in the first place a sabbath-day school will be attached to the hospital what for the old men asked mr harding no mr harding not for the old men but for the benefit of the children of such of the poor of barchester as it may suit the bishop will expect that you shall attend this school and that the teachers shall be under your inspection and care mr harding slipped his topmost hand off the other and began to rub the calf of the leg which was supported as to the old men continued mr slope and the old women who are to form a part of the hospital the bishop is desirous that you shall have morning and evening service on the premises every sabbath and one weekday service that you shall preach to them once at least on sundays and that the whole hospital be always collected for morning and evening prayer the bishop thinks that this will render it unnecessary that any separate seats in the cathedral should be reserved for the hospital inmates mr slope paused but mr harding still said nothing indeed it would be difficult to find seats for the women on the whole mr harding i may as well say at once that for people of that class the cathedral service does not appear to me the most useful even if it be so for any class of people we will not discuss that if you please said mr harding i am not desirous of doing so at least not at the present moment i hope however you fully understand the bishop's wishes about the new establishment of the hospital and if as i do not doubt i shall receive from you an assurance that you accord with his lordship's views 
it will give me very great pleasure to be the bearer from his lordship to you of the presentation to the appointment but if i disagree with his lordship's views asked mr harding but i hope you do not said mr slope but if i do again asked the other if such unfortunately should be the case which i can hardly conceive i presume your own feelings will dictate to you the propriety of declining the appointment but if i accept the appointment and yet disagree with the bishop what then this question rather bothered mr slope it was true that he had talked the matter over with the bishop and had received a sort of authority for suggesting to mr harding the propriety of a sunday school and certain hospital services but he had no authority for saying that these propositions were to be made peremptory conditions attached to the appointment the bishop's idea had been that mr harding would of course consent and that the school would become like the rest of those new establishments in the city under the control of his wife and his chaplain mr slope's idea had been more correct he intended that mr harding should refuse the situation and that an ally of his own should get it but he had not conceived the possibility of mr harding openly accepting the appointment and as openly rejecting the conditions it is not i presume probable said he that you will accept from the hands of the bishop a piece of preferment with a fixed predetermination to disacknowledge the duties attached to it if i become warden said mr harding and neglect my duty the bishop has means by which he can remedy the grievance i hardly expected such an argument from you or i may say the suggestion of such a line of conduct said mr slope with a great look of injured virtue nor did i expect such a proposition i shall be glad at any rate to know what answer i am to make to his lordship said mr slope i will take an early opportunity of seeing his lordship myself said mr harding such an arrangement said mr slope will hardly give his lordship satisfaction indeed it is impossible that the bishop should himself see every clergyman in the diocese on every subject of patronage that may arise the bishop i believe did see you on the matter and i really cannot see why he should be troubled to do so again do you know mr slope how long i have been officiating as a clergyman in this city mr slope's wish was now nearly fulfilled mr harding had become angry and it was probable that he might commit himself i really do not see what that has to do with the question you cannot think the bishop would be justified in allowing you to regard as a sinecure 
a situation that requires an active man merely because you have been employed for many years in the cathedral but it might induce the bishop to see me if i asked him to do so i shall consult my friends in this matter mr slope but i mean to be guilty of no subterfuge you may tell the bishop that as i altogether disagree with his views about the hospital i shall decline the situation if i find that any such conditions are attached to it as those you have suggested and so saying mr harding took his hat and went his way mr slope was contented he considered himself at liberty to accept mr harding's last speech as an absolute refusal of the appointment at least he so represented it to the bishop and to mrs proudie that is very surprising said the bishop not at all said mrs proudie you little know how determined the whole set of them are to withstand your authority but mr harding was so anxious for it said the bishop yes said mr slope if he can hold it without the slightest acknowledgment of your lordship's jurisdiction that is out of the question said the bishop i should imagine it to be quite so said the chaplain indeed i should think so said the lady i really am sorry for it said the bishop i don't know that there is much cause for sorrow said the lady mr quiverful is a much more deserving man more in need of it and one who will make himself much more useful in the close neighbourhood of the palace i suppose i had better see quiverful said the chaplain i suppose you had said the bishop end of chapter twelve recording by nick whitley purley united kingdom